welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN. So now PodMN jumps on board. Apparently it's a local podcasting application where it just literally has Minnesota podcasts. So if you want to look for Purple Mafia, go into the sports section, basically. Click on sports or just simply look up Purple Mafia or Minnesota Vikings and you'll find it. Pretty cool. Uh, apparently you get rewarded for listening, that type of thing, like a sweepstakes or something like that. But that way you can uh, go local, so to speak, with the podcasting world. There's also iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you always, those of you that do join. And of course, if you're going to listen, please download, don't stream it, because if it, it doesn't count for anything if you stream it, even though it's cool that you're listening and everything, but it doesn't count as a download. So TuneIn Radio, obviously, you can download or stream, that type of thing. So either one is fine. Whichever you want, but again, download if you could, any application. Uh, With that said, we are finally here for the draft preview. Yes, sir, everything is ready to rock and roll with our Minnesota Vikings draft preview, NFL draft preview, however you want to put it together. We're here to talk about possible draft picks and see where the Vikings are going to head. We'll also get caught up a bit with uh, what else is going on with the Minnesota Vikings. Most of that's going to be in the second segment with fan interaction, so I'll kind of go with the Vikings news with fan interaction. I'll just jump right into the draft here in segment number one. So we're back to a two-segment show. Again, absolutely fantastic to have you on board. Thank you so, so very much. And, well, I got all the research in that I could. For the most part, of course, just ideas of where the Vikings may go in the early rounds, this and that, and then just maybe hopefully a strategy of where the Vikings head as we move forward, you get offensive line breaking down by position and this and that. Wide receiver and offensive line are positions that will most likely be taken in the early rounds here. Along with cornerback, of course, massive need. And some interesting, very interesting candidates available. When you look over the mock draft, it keeps changing this and that. But a guy who's definitely been showing steam lately as we get closer and closer to the draft is national champion Justin Jefferson, wide receiver. I'm actually going to open up with him, even though I had him much lo- I didn't like rate him lower, but he was one of the last people I actually looked up this and that and uh, did some research on. But he's going to be very interesting. Of course, Justin Jefferson, he's a, he was a favorite target of Joe Burrow all over the field. He could go deep. He didn't disappoint. He can go deep. He could he could uh, you know go in the middle of the field. He played in the slot. Could be a legit replacement for Stefan Diggs. He's able to create separation, great catch radius. Also another target for end zone fades. Uh, scoring machine in LSU. That's, again, the national champions. 18 touchdowns over 1,500 yards. 111 catches. Uh, he's a big possibility for the Minnesota Vikings at 25. Not 22, but 25. That's been showing up on several mock drafts very, very consistently, especially in the Sports Illustrated one. Uh, Justin Jefferson, a strong possibility if Vikings could take in the first round. We'll see what happens. Again, 25th. But uh, definitely a... Uh, definitely an awesome career. Six foot one, two oh two with LSU, and he is from Louisiana. Uh, interesting. Again, very exciting. He uh, played well with uh, Joe Burrow. They, the chemistry between those two was absolutely fantastic. Again, fifteen hundred forty yards, an average of uh, fourteen yards per catch, eighteen touchdowns. Again, hundred and eleven catches in fifteen games. Outstanding. And again, the national champion LSU Tigers. So very cool. Very cool. <clears throat> we'll be talking about several of these uh, players. I played in these big games and, of course, had their big moments. And guys that will uh, definitely be on the Vikings' radar, most likely. There's obviously C.D. Lamb and, and Jerry Judy, guys like that. I think they're going to go too high. Henry Ruggs, T. T. Higgins, who knows, maybe. T. Higgins is a possibility uh, from Clemson. We'll see what happens with him. Six foot four. he's a bigger type of guy. Wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings head more in the slot direction. We'll see. Where Justin Jefferson did play in the slot, even though he's 6'1". Kind of medium size. Uh, Denzel Mims, we'll talk about him in a moment. We'll also look at the mock drafts a bit, bits and pieces, see where all these uh, different groups are heading. Vikings.com mock draft. Again, SI kept coming up as Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson for the 25th pick. This and that. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr., Denzel Mims going 22nd to the Vikings. He's from Baylor, and I did talk about him. Uh, AJ Espenza, de- defensive end from Iowa. That's another possibility, at least according to uh, the other guy there. Uh, what was he? This, that was uh, Mel Kiper Jr. Okay, yep. Lance Zierden has the Vikings taking uh, Uter Grossmatos, 22nd overall. Matos. And Ross Blaylock. Uh, Blacklock, pardon me. That's one. We talked about both of those guys coming up. 
Will Brinson of CBS, uh, Matos again, and Christian Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. So another one that's been floating around. Some people think Fulton might go a little bit earlier. We'll see what happens. Noah, yeah, this is one I definitely looked at and I'm very, very intrigued by. Cornerback out of Auburn. Uh, War Damn Eagle. War Eagle. <laughs> Cedric Paulding there. Noah, yeah, Iggy. Let's just say Noah Iggy, right? Igbino Genny. Igbino Genny. Hopefully I'm getting that correctly, but uh, wow, I, I really like him. We'll talk about him in a moment. Very interesting. And then there's the Justin Jefferson that I just talked about. Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports. Jalen Rigar. We talk about him. Very interesting slot receiver with speed like you wouldn't believe. Holy moly. Holy moly. Uh, Josh Jones, tackle out of Houston, according to him. Trevon Diggs going to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, 22nd from Josh Edwards, CBS Sports, and Patrick Queen, linebacker, 25th. That would be a surprising pick, considering all the money we already have tied up in linebacker. That's why I don't think we're going that direction. I really didn't look at linebackers at all. Uh, Jalen Johnson, cornerback, Utah. Very interesting one there. This is from Tom, uh, Tom Fornelli, CBS Sports. Uh, Navelle Gallimore, defensive tackle, 25th in that one. Patrick Queen again. Kevin Hansen. I don't know. I don't think the Vikings are going to take a linebacker, but we'll see. Trevon Diggs coming to Minnesota 25th from his point of view. Christopher Cox. Jalen Johnson, 22nd. That's the cornerback out of Utah. And then there's Matos again out of Penn State. That guy's pretty damn good. Matos. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, according to Maurice Moten from Bleacher Report. Justin Jefferson, 22nd. And then Matos, 25th. Those are two guys we're going to be seeing a lot. Christian Fulton, Patrick Queen. According to Dan Kadar, SB Nation. Let's see what else? Jordan Reed, Justin Jefferson coming to Minnesota 22nd, and then Noah Iggy. <laughs> Noah, Noah Igbinogeni. Igbinogeni. Hope that I'm getting that correct. Uh, Nola Gall- uh, Neville Gallimore, second round. Third round pick Ben Barch and Jabari Zugna, defensive end out of Florida. Predicted third round pick. So those are just random, uh, you know, mock drafts, just ideas. But you're seeing a lot of Justin Jefferson's and Matos's. Matos is popping up. Matos out of uh, Penn State. Pardon me for the racket there. Interesting ideas, interesting thoughts. Again, we're going to look at all these guys, at least most of the ones that I think will be floating around those areas, this and that, because, and then we'll kind of go with what the Viking strategy should be after that. Uh, we'll go back to offensive line for now. Austin Jackson. He actually did play left tackle for USC, unlike a lot of prospects we've looked at in previous drafts. Uh, he uses his big body well, shows his athleticism, very strong pass blocker for the all-important blind side, which Cousins desperately needs. He's also a solid run blocker down the field. Would be a great pick at 22 or 25. Um, several mock drafts, or at least some, have the Vikings taking Austin Jackson out of University of Southern Cal. 6'5", 322. And again, he did play left tackle the whole time and was just very solid, keeping his man, the right tackle, or right defensive end, off of the quarterback there in USC. Did a hell of a job. Austin Jackson, is, there you go. Maybe that's where you move Riley Reef into, into a right guard, possibly, as you move forward. Left guard, pardon me, as you move forward, depending on how things go. Andrew Thomas probably will be a little too high out of Georgia, but unless the Vikings trade up, but it probably costs too much. We're talking probably 14th or so, so I'm not sure about what's going to happen. He's very versatile. He can play both right and left tackle. Started all throughout college and got better each year. He's likely to be gone by the Vikings, though. Again, Georgia, six foot five, three thirteen, three fifteen. Pardon me, like that makes a big difference. <laughs> but uh, he's likely to go in the top 14 or so, the upper half of the first round, unless the Vikings trade up. A guy that was brought up by. Uh, you know, and, and he's floating around the same area where the Vikings will pick, you know, right around Austin Jackson's value. Uh, a guy who'd be really good in the zone blocking uh, schemes. That'd help with the, for the running game with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, of course. Ezra Cleveland, six foot six, six very lanky guy, three eleven, six foot six, three eleven. Boise State, very very mobile, quick feet. He would fit well in the zone blocking scheme compared to Brian O'Neill. Uh, probably a lot of people he's been compared to him because Brian O'Neill's a pretty damn good athlete, right tackle for Minnesota, of course. And considering his athleticism and, the, and that he may need some time to develop. Like, you don't just throw him in as a starter immediately. So that's the one thing. Uh, he did play left tackle at Boise State and should be a late first-round pick, which is where the Vikings are picking, you know, 25th, 22nd. Uh, Ezra Cleveland will probably be there at 25th, and yeah, he's an option maybe if you don't 
either you like him more than Andrew Thomas, which might be the case, who knows, uh, or <clears throat> Andrew Thomas is already gone, possibly. I'm thinking Andrew Thomas, Austin Jackson. Andrew Thomas will probably be gone anyway, but uh, Austin Jackson is the guy I'm thinking about at the end of the day. Ezra Cleveland, though, could be a very interesting pick for the Vikings had that direction. I would love the Minnesota Vikings to take a tackle with one of the picks, if humanly possible. I want the Vikings to take a tackle and probably a cornerback Unless, again, Justin Jefferson is viewed as the spectacular guy. I do have a strategy for a player slightly later in the draft that I think would fit uh, very well. And the guy resembles Stefan Diggs, almost like he could be his twin out there, the way he plays. I just love him. And uh, let's just say uh, a lot of people around here have a good idea who he is. Well, well yeah, very familiar name. <laughs> Cornerbacks, Trevon Diggs, there you go. Six foot one, 205 out of Alabama. Big, lanky cornerback who can make plays on the ball better than anyone we've had the past few years. And as again, he makes plays on the ball. Like, knock the ball away, and he uses his long arms to do so. That's what helps. The long arm of the law, so to speak, with Trevon Diggs could uh, help replace Xavier Rhodes because Rhodes is a taller guy, this and that. And again, just knocking the ball away, batting it away. When given the opportunity, he has explosive speed that could carry him all the way. So should he get an interception, pretty good shot. He could go all the way for, uh, you know, a, a pick six. There's also, again, the awkward ties and this and that with Stefan Diggs getting traded away. Would we want to touch him? I think at the end of the day, if Trevon Diggs is there and you view him as the best player available, he's way high on your board and you think he could be a uh, franchise-changing cornerback, hopefully one that stays healthy and lasts longer than Xavier Rhodes did because Xavier Rhodes was a hell of a player and then he wasn't. It was just so quick. I mean, 20, 28 years old, he was already kind of like, uh-oh, last year in 2018, 2019. See, that's where the Bill Belichick of the world say, you know what, uh, yeah, we're trading Xavier Rhodes for a third-round pick, and everybody's like, what the hell? Why, why, why would you do that? And then Xavier Rhodes plays for the Oaktown Raiders and gets smoked. Now the Las Vegas Raiders, but they were Oakland, and gets smoked all year, and you say, well, okay, we got a nice third-round pick who is, uh, gosh, man, uh, Alexander Madison. Pretty good trade, huh? I'm, I'm just imagining that. Like You get Alexander Madison that way via trade for uh, Xavier Rhodes. You know, third-round pick, you think, that's all we got? Yeah, well, Alexander Madison... And uh, he was a complete stiff. You couldn't get a seventh-round pick for Xavier Rhodes right now. Uh, he moved on to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. That's some of the news going on with Minnesota. Guys departing more so than uh, signing. A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell, pardon me, Clemson. This is a guy I think is uh, a very strong possibility coming to Minnesota, and there are a lot of mock drafts with him coming here. A.J. Terrell, six foot one, 195 out of Clemson. He's great in man-to-man coverage. He's similar to most corners, you know, uh, similar to most corners, needs to watch his hands to not drop DPIs. It's just, that's how it is. You know, Trevon Diggs can get that too. You know, you get a little bit too handsy, so to speak, you know, and then you get DPIs. But at least he's good of a, you know, he could knock the ball away, this and that. He's more of a natural wide corner with outstanding speed. He's good at reading the quarterback, cutting off routes for turnovers, pass deflections. Uh, his speed can be an asset in blitz packages. Yeah, so he can literally, you know, he, he, that's where he could be a little bit like... Uh, Mackenzie Alexander that way, former Clemson guy. Shorter, of course, the slot corner where I think A.J. Terrell is more of a uh, legitimate wideout, uh, wide corner, so to speak. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see where we go with that one. Obviously, you're going to want a replacement there with uh, <clears throat> Mackenzie Alexander somewhere in the draft, maybe fairly early. Maybe you take two corners in, in the top three rounds, which wouldn't surprise me a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me at all because you look at the Vikings' depth chart at the cornerback position, there is no right corner. There is no right corner. Zero. So it's kind of scary, to be quite honest. Um, Mike Hughes and Chris Boyd are at the left corner. There is nobody at right corner. Anthony Harris is still floating around out there. He's, you know, franchised for one year, $11 million. And, uh, well, it's <clears throat> it's no guarantee that he's staying. There's uh, still trade talk because it doesn't sound like there's uh, any deal with an extension right now. The talks have broken off. Uh, if you can get a nice early to mid-round pick for Harris, possibly. Maybe you use him as a chip to move up in the draft. I don't know. But uh, there's a very possible replacement for him in the draft as well, with another very familiar name. But again, somebody else probably likes these guys as well. That's the problem. But uh, A.J. Terrell is a very legitimate possibility here coming to Minnesota, I think, in 22-25. to 25. Very, very strong possibility that he's he's going to be one of those guys. Uh, Trevon Diggs as well. Jeff Gladney, shorter guy, 5'10". There's, here's your slot corner. Uh, he's a ball hawk who makes plays on the ball. Yep, he knocks the ball away, this and that. Would fit more in a slot corner role, and that's become a need, obviously, with McKenzie Alexander departing. Uh, he's strong positioning. 
knocking the ball away rather than racking up penalties. He's not overly physical, needs to get stronger according to experts. Yeah, he's, he's on the thin side. 5'10", 191, definitely looks on the thin side. TCU, uh, at the end of the day, again, maybe put on about 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, this and that, that would help a lot. Jeff Gladney, though, TCU, you're going to hear a lot about TCU. As, uh, there's a lot of good prospects that are floating around where the Vikings will be picking. Uh, that's that's about their value. Late first round, early second, this and that, depending on if the Vikings trade down for a guy like this or the guy that uh, played against the Gophers here again in the Outback Bowl, Noah Egbinogini. <clears throat> 5'10", 198. Yet another player who would help in the return game. In this case, the kickoff. He's a good tackler in tight spaces. He prevents gains, if not outright tackles for loss. Strong, strong man on defender who cuts off routes and denies the ball to receivers might be a good replacement for McKenzie Alexander. Uh, I really like him, actually. This guy is a guy I'm a big fan of. Vikings take him via trade down or 25th in the draft because I'm not sure you uh, you might be reaching for him a tiny bit, a tiny bit of 22nd, just a teeny bit. But who knows? Uh, who knows with his value? Uh, maybe you can get him in the early second round or the trade up or something, or you know, trade down. You know, the bottom of the, you know, bottom trade-up, trade-down combination, bottom of the sec, uh, first round. But he's the kind of guy I think could be a game-changer for Minnesota for years to come. Uh, not a star necessarily, but a pretty good player. Primero um, McKenzie Alexander was, the Vikings traded up to get him in the early second round years ago. And I just love that guy. And it's a doggone shame. Doggone shame. We lost him for uh, one year, $4 million to Cincinnati. $4 million. He just wanted to get the hell out of here, basically. <clears throat> Jalen Johnson out of Utah, outstanding team. Uh, they beat Wisconsin for the Rose Bowl, which is nice. Uh, Utah did a good job there. He's good at reading 50-50 plays, this and that, where it's like, who knows, he can try to get those interceptions, uh, leading to golden opportunities, those big plays. He's sometimes a little too aggressive. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but Zimmer would have no problem developing him because the talent is there. Uh, Jalen Johnson's a guy, again, that might be, again, kind of like McKenzie Alexander in terms of... Uh, where where you'd be taking, you know, upper second round, that type of thing. Six foot one ninety three out of Utah. Kind of in the in, in between slot and uh wide corner, this and that. He could probably play both at the end of the day. Uh should things continue to kinda of go sour and the Vikings make a trade and plus maybe just not wanting to keep him for the amount of money he wants and deserves, so to speak, Anthony Harris. You could definitely go the cheaper route in the draft for a guy who will be worth money someday as well. A, an extremely familiar name for multiple reasons. Antoine Winfield Jr., safety position. He is the safety I want. If the Vikings take a safety, he's who I want, without a doubt. Could be 25th, could be second round. I think there's a pretty good chance he's going to go in the first round, though. Very good chance. Antoine Winfield Jr., 5'9", 203. He can play corner, for sure, but he'd, yeah, he'd be a slot corner. Otherwise, I think he'd be a hell of a safety in the NFL. Very high football IQ, and of course, that runs in the family. Great ball hawk. He led the Gophers with seven interceptions in 2019. Unbelievable. Uh, seven interceptions in 2019. He led the nation throughout the season. He should translate well to the NFL and be a more financially sound replacement for Anthony Harris if we go in this direction. Also, can help solve the Vikings' return of roles in a big way. Uh, he shows up in big games and big moments. He, he, he really does. Uh, big plays. End of the play, the big interception, knocking the ball away, whatever it is, to ice the game. Uh, he is a big game player, and the Vikings need somebody like this because you need that big play to wrap the game up, particularly in big, huge moments. Like, you know, big games that help the Gophers get to the Outback Bowl, big moments that help the Vikings win the Outback Bowl, this and that. Uh, did I call them the Vikings, the Gophers? Uh, it would be really sweet to see Antoine Winfield wear purple just like his father. Obviously, he played for the Buffalo Bills for a period as well. Um, Antoine Winfield, what an amazing career he had. And he was one of my all-time favorite Minnesota Vikings, and I would love to have Antoine Winfield Jr. He's one of my all-time favorite Minnesota Gophers, and it would be amazing to have him with the Minnesota Vikings. I think, uh, <clears throat> I think he's absolutely a fit for this team. Should we uh, move on with Anthony Harris? I mean, he is he is absolutely somebody I want. I mean, Anthony Harris had a ton of interceptions last year, and he tied for most valuable player with Daniel Hunter uh, for uh, in State of the Vikings. 2020 Purple Mafia, State of the Vikings. That's how good Anthony Harris was, and I think Antoine Winfield can help uh, bring some of that game-changing ability that Anthony Harris brought uh, if the Vikings decide to move on. Anthony Harris, what an amazing pickup, though. Undrafted free agent, and I kept saying back in 2015 when uh, Harrison Smith was injured that somebody has to step up. Somebody has got to step up or this team's not going to win the division and nothing's going to happen, and Anthony Harris stepped up. 
he did. Uh, and it was just amazing. Absolutely amazing the job he did. And then he went back in the reserve role because, you know, we, we were married to Andrew Sandejo still. And he, he was good. He's underrated, this and that. But Anthony Harrison ended up being better. <clears throat> Even though he ended up bringing Sandejo back anyway this year to replace uh, Marcus Epps. Ah, which we got rid of Marcus Epps and brought in Sandejo. I don't know. I mean, you just threw away Marcus Epps. I don't know. I, I think he's still got some talent. I think Marcus Epps could be something out of Wyoming. I wasn't too happy about that. Wide receivers, Jalen Rigar. 5'11", 206. Definitely a slot corner. TCU. TCU. About as fast a, a player as there is in this draft. About as fast as they get. Uh, Jalen Rigar. Uh, returned punts for TCU. His shiftiness was unbelievable. Lots of shiftiness in traffic. Certainly resolve returning issues. Because we just don't have any kick return game since getting rid of uh, Cordell Patterson, since moving on from him. He was phenomenal. Rigor could be that kind of guy. Uh, one of those kind of uh, gimmicky wide receivers that can actually make some big plays as well. Hopefully he would be a lot more successful at the wide receiver position then. Cordell Patterson actually like understands the game rather than just kind of like relying on talent alone, so to speak. Uh, he appears to be more of a slot receiver with great speed. Absolutely great speed who can be used in running plays as well. A lot like how we did with Stefan Diggs, but maybe even more. He's got a 40-inch vertical, good concentration and strength, bringing down contested catches downfield. He reminds me of Percy Harvin, actually. Jalen Rigor reminds me of Percy Harvin. A very similar type of player, very similar talent. Probably not as good as Percy Harvin, but who knows? Maybe he's better. You just don't know. I mean, you don't have to deal with the attitude, hopefully. I don't think he's got that kind of thing, and you don't have to deal with the, the migraine headaches. Uh, elite ability, though, returning the ball, like Percy Harvin, and of course, again, gimmicky kind of guy you can do almost everything with, like you did like the Saints and the Dolphins did with Reggie Bush, guys like that, obviously, and again, the Vikings did with Percy Harvin. Running plays, passing plays, running plays, passing plays, kick return game, can kind of be all over the field. Jalen Riggers is a very interesting idea for Minnesota. Again, around the uh, late first, early second. You can go on forever with that. Denzel Sims, more of that large Jake Reed type. six foot three, two hundred four out of Baylor. Not the biggest guy, but but tall, tall, lanky. Tall, lanky. He's got, those long, he's got the long arms, this and that, which helps in a huge way. A natural wideout who can bring in those crucial sideline catches. See, that's what he does really well. Again, his length, his stretch, his length and his stretch, so to speak, and able to keep those feet in bounds. Uh... They can help move the chains, if not a lot more. Maybe being, maybe being a big touchdown and a fade play, or this and that, a sideline type of a catch in the end zone. Spectacular player. Uh, he can change direction to make big plays, and he's a more than capable deep threat. He's really valuable and fades in the end zone. Again, similar to Jake Reed in some ways, maybe just maybe just size this and that. But uh, Reed was pretty athletic too. He made some great plays. Hopefully, he has better hands than Jake Reed. That was Jake Reed's weakness: his his hands. He just didn't. You know, he couldn't catch as well as you'd like. He could catch, but, I mean, that's what kept him from being, like, a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Jake Reed, he could have been spectacular if his hands were a little bit better. A guy I love to death, and this is the other golden gopher that I just, you know, I mean, I want him on the Vikings, man. I want him on the Vikings, and if you're not too keen on taking a wide receiver too early, if you want to wait till the second or third round to get somebody... There's a guy that really reminds me of Stefan Diggs. I mean, he reminds me of Stefan Diggs every time I watch him play. He's almost he's he's, he's a very similar player. That would be Tyler Johnson, Minnesota Gophers. Six foot one, two oh six. Great foot placement in those tight spots. Very similar game to Stefan Diggs, honestly, with his ability to stay in bounds and continue in stride to pay dirt. Also capable in running plays. Yep, you can use him all over the field as well, kind of like we did with Diggs. Uh, capable in those running plays. A favorite target for the scoring plays. And again, across the across the field catches, this and that. Uh, fades in the end zone. Definitely a value pick in rounds. Maybe all, all the way down to the fourth round. You never know. He just might slip, but I doubt it. Diggs ultimately a fifth round pick out of Maryland in 2015. I think Taylor Johnson is a supreme value pick for the Minnesota Vikings. Should we get him in the... If we get him in the third round, I think you're feeling really good. Really good. Tyler Johnson. Uh, third and fourth round, you're just like, holy moly. <laughs> you know, you feel spectacular. I think he's a special talent. I do. Uh, he's one of those guys that maybe he'll slip. Maybe people will be dazzled by him and take him early in the second. I don't think he's a first-round pick. I'd be very surprised because uh, there's so many wide receivers in this draft and a lot of good ones. That's why you don't want to go too crazy and rush to somebody in the first round. Maybe you're reaching for a guy uh, after the, the elite players taken early on, the next Julio Jones or whatever the heck you might want to call them earlier on in the draft. Hopefully they're the next Julio Jones for that team's sake. Anyway, whoever takes them in the top 20 or earlier. 
it's kind of risky to take a wide receiver in the 20s. Maybe maybe Justin Jefferson is that guy. I already talked about him, but we'll talk about him a bit more. Again, he's uh, he definitely put up everything. He put up the big numbers in the big games. He's, he's got star potential. There's no question about it. And he's actually ranked a little lower than uh, the guys I mentioned earlier, the guys like uh, Denzel Sims, Jalen Rieger, guys like that. Tyler Johnson, of course, slipped a little bit, or should slip a bit further down after Justin Jefferson. Jefferson Jefferson is a legitimate wide receiver in this league, I do believe. Kind of, again, a mid-range size of guy. He played in the slot, but he can play a little bit of wide. He would be a legitimate replacement for Stefan Diggs also. Um, I'm just thinking, is Tyler Johnson that much inferior to Justin Jefferson? Uh, Tanner Morgan was a good quarterback for the Gophers, one of the better we've had in a while. But we're talking about Joe Burrow. You know, I mean, you're talking about a guy who might end up being a, a superstar in the NFL for a long time, even if it is with Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati's due to get something heading their direction uh, in a positive, uh, positive way. They haven't made, they haven't won in a playoff game since 1988. So it's a long, long way. It's over 30 years for them to win a playoff game in Cincinnati. Oh, they've made the playoffs, but <laughs> yeah, you know, they've lost them all. Uh, Justin Jefferson, we'll see. Could be a very interesting one. Edge rushers, this and that. You got Yeter, Gross, Matos, Yeter, Gross, Matos. Again, I talked about him a little bit. 6'5", 266, very gifted pass rusher from the right side in college. So again, right tackle, uh, right end, excuse me. I keep calling it tackle, right end. Uh, he can play on the inside and the outside, a la Hunter and Griffin in New Orleans. He's played on the inside and been a big threat to the uh, quarterback as well. Very good. Uh, he can get into the backfield, stuff the run for a loss with his athleticism. He disappears at times, but who doesn't? Uh, he's a very strong possibility to be taken for Minnesota. He shows up in almost every mock draft somewhere, coming to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, 22nd or 25th. I think he's very much on the Minnesota Vikings radar. Uh, maybe not as much on the radar, but still an interesting guy. Uh, Julian Okwara. Six foot four, two fifty two out of Notre Dame, outstanding speed and quickness. Uses his technique and first step to get into the backfield for sacks and tackles for loss. He missed time in two thousand nineteen due to injury. He could be an option at twenty five for Minnesota, or again you trade down slash trade up that type of thing. Trade down first round, trade up second round that type of thing. Okwara could be that type of guy. As there is a need at defensive end, even though Odin Igbo looked pretty damn good last year, he wanted but seven sacks. Not bad and very limited action. Uh, what a Nick Bow. We'll see what happens. Some of it was against inferior competition, but, well, I mean, again, <laughs> he outplayed guys that were, you know, playing second string like he's second string. So if he outplayed them, so be it. Maybe he maybe he really has it. Uh, defensive line, so, of course, defensive tackle, this type of thing. Ross Blacklock has been on multiple mock drafts coming to Minnesota. Another TCU player, six foot three, two ninety. Now, you got Michael Pierce, of course, so you got your run-stuffing nose tackle. But you need a three technique. Unless you're confident in Shamar Steffen, which, I, you know, he, he's okay. Shamar Steffen's all right. He's a good player. Still with the Vikings at the moment. Uh, that's the that's the good thing. Jalen Holmes could play either tackle position, right or left tackle. Michael Pierce will be left defensive tackle. Shamar Steffen's a good, solid player, but maybe you want to get a more solid long-term uh, solution there in uh, Ross Blacklock. Again, 25th pick, possibly. Able to stuff the run at a high level. He's got a good first step that helps him get a jump into the backfield for tackles for loss or sacks. Very athletic. He can change direction and catch up with the play quickly. Uh, he would compete with Shamar Steffen for the starting three-technique role alongside Michael Pierce. So that could be direction the Minnesota Vikings go with defensive line. When it comes to quarterbacks, linebackers, this and that, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a linebacker or two taken later on. I'm sure there will be because, you know, you need some depth. We also lost uh, Kentrell Brothers, so you need some help in special teams, uh, possibly. So I think the Vikings will take linebackers later on, but more in the special teams department later in the draft. Quarterback position, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings take a quarterback somewhere because I'm not sure. Some people were hoping for Jalen Hurts, but I, I doubt it because, I mean, he's probably a starter someday. But uh, maybe, maybe you never know Jake Fromm, guys like that. Justin Hibber would be very exciting, but he's going to get taken in the first round, possibly, or early second, probably early second at the end of the day. You might be looking at, uh, who knows? I mean, <laughs> Shea Patterson out of Michigan, somebody like that, much later on, possibly. Bryce Perkins out of Virginia. Steven Montez, Colorado. Nate Stanley, Iowa. It's going to be later picks and then hope for the best, that type of thing uh, at the end of the day for the Minnesota Vikings at the quarterback position. Don't think we're taking a kicker this time. 
I don't think so. Uh, other defensive line possibilities, it's kind of all over the place. It it's kind of it kind of is. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, Marilyn Davis and Auburn. Uh, some of them have the Vikings taking Neville Gallimore earlier than uh, Ross Blaylock taking him instead of Ross Blaylock, Ross Blaylock, pardon me, out of Oklahoma. Interesting possibilities here. Vikings do need a possible three technique. I mean, you kind of have one with Shamar Stefan, and he's not a bad player, but do you want to upgrade? Do you want to upgrade? You've got uh, Gallimore's got great athleticism, the motor, blah, blah, blah. You just love hearing about motors, don't we? Don't you love hearing about motors? Isn't that exciting? He's got a great motor. <laughs> It kind of is what it is, though, at the end of the day when it comes to players like that. Uh, he's another one. Again, it's gonna, most of these guys take time to develop. They're not good right out of the gate. A lot of these uh, defensive tackles and defensive ends, blah, blah, blah. Once in a while, you get a miracle like Daniel Hunter. Uh, it took it took Griffin forever. It, it really did. So, I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, Matt Abuke out of Texas A&M. I mean, it's all these possibilities. Vikings probably will take at least one of them uh, along the way. Defensive line, if it's Blacklock or Calamar or further down into the draft. Offensive line, blah, blah, blah. You're gone forever. It would be cool to get Andrew Thomas, but, I mean, Austin Jackson or Ezra Cleveland are more high possibilities. Lloyd Cushenberry's been brought up, but he's a center, so unless you want to put him at guard, 6'3", 312, a bit bigger than uh, Bradbury, so that might help. We'll see what happens. I know Bradbury can play guard. We'll see what happens. Cesar Ruiz is a guy who's been brought up out of Michigan. He's 6'3", 307, because you know he's more of a guard type of a guy, which would be helpful. Talk is that he's very athletic. It would help in the zone coverage, or zone blocking schemes, I'm sure, with that athleticism, this and that. Uh, run game specialist. Yep, so that's the kind of guy you might be looking at. Cesar Ruiz, possibly. Second, third round type of player long term. He's rated 83rd overall. So yeah, you're talking second, third round. Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. Ruiz. Nick Harris, Washington. That's another one. Six foot one, 302. So again, that just sounds like a card to me. Absolutely. Uh, he's right up there. About the same ranking. He's actually ranked slightly higher. One pick higher than Ruiz. So we'll see what happens. Uh, very experienced against top competition. So that's good. He's coming in out of uh, Washington again. That's what I was saying. Uh, the Pac-10. Awesome on the move in the run game. Yep, again, that's another guy. You know, you got the zone running schemes, this and that. Those are the kind of guys you're probably looking at. Ruiz, Harris, this and that. Yeah, Robert Hunt, that's another possibility. You know, he's more of a tackle, but yeah, maybe a later pick. Yep, I would consider him more of a tackle. Obviously, very big guy. Yep, but he can play both, apparently. Interesting. Louisiana Lafayette. Louisiana Lafayette. So it'll be interesting. Back and forth right there. We'll see what happens. Bigger dude moving forward. Again, the quarterback position, you're hoping for the best there. Wide receivers later in the draft. It's it's a crapshoot. You know, I mean, I didn't want to dig and get, like, look at 19 wide receivers and the Vikings don't take any of them like I did that years ago. Guys like that. Michael Pittman Jr., I mean, you know, that's a later. That's a guy you could get a little later on. A lot of people really like him. He's ranked a tiny bit higher than Tyler Johnson, slightly higher. So maybe you go in his direction if you're wanting a taller wide receiver. Six foot four, two twenty three. Kind of a big dude, which sometimes scares me when you talk about <laughs> if he's on the slower side. Definitely has a large, large frame. He's very movement, uh, very good movement, reliable hands. Blah blah blah. He's not super quick though, unfortunately. Except just decent at separation, so that scares me a teeny bit, but. Certainly has. He's another one of those guys. He's, he's got a name. He's got a name. He's been around. There was a Michael Pittman before, of course. This and that. Tyler Johnson, man. I'm telling you, that's... I'm saying Tyler Johnson, if he's able to slip down a little bit. 100, uh, 1,300, 18 catches. 1,318 catches. 13 touchdowns. 86. Uh, 1,318 yards, pardon me. And then 86 catches for the Gophers. Of course, again, I mean, Tyler Johnson, that's, that's kind of who I want. That's kind of who I want, honestly. Uh, that would be very exciting if the Vikings were able to get him. I think he's got long-term potential in the National Football League. And you could argue Edmond Winfield Jr. even more so. Uh, he, he'll go higher in the draft, more likely, than Tyler Johnson. Uh, he's got amazing potential, I think, long-term uh, in the NFL. I absolutely believe that. So, 
again, I mean, kind of bouncing back and forth, this and that. You really got to address this offensive line. Uh, at least one tackle, at least one guard. I mean, you got to. Uh, I, I want to get a tackle in the first two picks. I, I really do. If I'm to endorse two players that I would want the Vikings to take with these picks, boy, I, I'm going to go with Austin Jackson for one of them, possibly. And uh, probably Trevon Diggs or A.J. Terrell, cornerback. I think you want to head that direction and then take your chances Chances with... Uh, we'll see what happens. So maybe Antoine Winfield Jr. trade up to get him in the second round, something like that. Depending on, again, depending on how things go, they better make a decision very soon with Anthony Harris uh, in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, Justin Jefferson intrigues me, but, I mean, do I want to take a first round? Do I want to use a first round pick on him? I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I want an offensive line. Uh, you want the defensive pressure, this and that, and you could probably get him, maybe Okwara, depending on how you go forward. God, it's tough. It, it's tough. I mean, I'm, I want offensive line. I think that's got to go. Uh, Austin Jackson, I think, should be one of the picks, or Ezra Cleveland, one of those two. One of those two guys should be one of the picks, and I'm, I'm thinking Trevon Diggs or A.J. Terrell moving forward at the cornerback position. Those are the guys I'm looking at, possibly, for your two picks in the first round. Those are the, those are four players I would endorse to go to those two picks. I, I would endorse any of those four players as a, as a very nice very nice choice for Minnesota at 22 or 25 at the end of the day. That's just kind of where I'm leaning right now. Austin Jackson, Trevon Diggs, I guess, if you have to pick just two right out of the gate. But uh, it'd be pretty exciting to get A.J. Terrell as well. I think that'd be awesome. A.J. Terrell's got uh, a lot of game. I think he's got a lot of uh, a lot of potential in this league. Would love him. Would love A.J. Terrell as well. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now when it comes to the early stages of the draft. Again, I mean, running backs, linebackers, guys like that. Could be special teams players, maybe like deep wide receiver picks, you know, seventh round, sixth round, fifth round. We'll see what happens. Could be gimmicky players that end up being good. Uh, Ola B.C. Johnson ended up being all right. Ended up being an all right player. He was he a seventh round pick. So pretty damn good. Ended up being a legit wide receiver in the league. Not a starter, but like a third, fourth, fifth receiver who, who deserves to be on the field and deserves to have snaps on Sundays. Again, linebackers, you want help for the special teams, special teams type linebackers that might develop into something later on. You never know. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. This and that, developmental quarterback to at least be a, a third string or backup quarterback long term. Maybe even maybe even shocks the world and ends up being something much better someday. That type of thing. Somebody that's been overlooked. You hope to find that diamond in the rough in the, in the second half or so of the draft at the quarterback position. But uh, it's just, you know, it's tough to really identify the guy. That's kind of on them. It's kind of on them right now at the end of the day. Uh, I, I hope the Vikings draft at least one quarterback, obviously one quarterback, maybe two cornerbacks. They're probably going to take two cornerbacks in the draft. One of them significant first-round type of guy or trade up in the second, that type of thing. And, you know, somebody later on, third or fourth round, I think Vikings uh, will at least take multiple cornerbacks in the draft. At least one tackle early, and at least one guard in the middle to early range, I think, as well. I would not be surprised one bit. Uh, Drew Samia right now is the starting right tackle. He's penciled in as that, and we'll see what happens. A lot of people do believe he could be a starter. Uh, left guard, I'm not sure what's going to happen. If you take the tackle, you move uh, Riley Reef there, and see what happens with Pat Elflight. He might end up having to be a depth guy for now, and hopefully he can kind of get his head right and get his health right and blah, 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 blah. Pat Elfine, it would be nice to see him get back to normal again. Hopefully uh, Bradbury can uh, step it up this year moving forward, put on a little more strength, this and that, and uh, make up for his the fact he's a little bit undersized for the center position as he got forklifted multiple times last season against some of those elite uh, defensive tackles and defensive ends last year. It was a frustrating situation for, uh, for uh, Bradbury last year at the beginning of the year and the end of the year. The middle part of the year, he was very solid. But then against Green Bay and San Francisco, he got destroyed. Uh, against Green Bay early, he got destroyed. <laughs> this and that. So it just kind of is what it is as you move forward with uh, Bradbury and such. So with that, we'll take a quick break. We'll get into the fan interaction. See what you guys think out there. Twitter account, Facebook, all that. We'll get to you. We'll get to your comments right after this. And 
And we are back here on Purple Mafia Fan Interaction Segment. Looks like it's going to be a little bit on the quiet side. I thought there was a call-in, but I think that was for the last show. And I played it on the last show. Gerald Shring, the uh, most viable player. Biggest disappointment, biggest surprise. I think that was the last call-in. And if there was another one, somebody please let me know. Who, whoever you are. If it was Brent or Gerald or anybody else. Malcolm, possibly. Uh, please let me know if you did call in and I missed it somehow. I'll play it on the next show for sure. I deeply apologize. Luckily, it's the off season, so it's still as current as it's going to be anyway, so it should be just fine. I uh, deeply apologize. Very, very quiet on Twitter. At Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. Not a whole lot going on. Uh, thank you, Gerald, for liking the most recent uh, post. No, I don't think anybody retweeted it. The free agency. And that's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> so people are busy or busy with this coronavirus garbage. So obviously it's a major frustration for myself and others as, you know, it just, I don't, that's it. I don't want to talk about it anymore because it's, you've probably heard enough of about it already. Everybody has an opinion. They hate this guy. They love this guy. They love this. They hate that. They like, they like, they hate, they like, they hate, they hate, like, hate, like, wear a mask. You're going to die. Don't wear a mask. It's stupid. Yeah. I'm kind of on that, that one, but okay. It's not stupid, but yeah, if yeah, well, if you're if you're not sick, I don't think you need it, because yeah, it's more about protecting others from you. If you're sick, that's the point, I thought. But I don't know. I guess everybody wants to live in fear their whole life. That's just my opinion. Other than that, I better cut this out. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, please follow that if you could. Retweeting the show is just the nicest thing ever, and liking it. Thank you so much for those of you that have done that over the course of time. Uh, MN Vikings Haven, MN Vikings Haven, shout out to them on Facebook. Trevor Wickerin was the founder of that page. Nice, uh, f- uh, just fan interaction on there as well. Of course, you know, like uh, in game threads, Vikings news, Viking rumors, blah, 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 blah. Always great. And of course, the Purple Mafia Show one. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Please do follow slash like that page if you could. Would be absolutely greatly appreciated. Uh, those of you that have over the years, I can't thank you enough. So we'll continue off the most recent show. Episode 316, Free Agency 2020. Blah, 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 blah. Sebastian Barton out of Mankato says, What free agency? Laughing my bleeping ass off. Who who have we really signed? Well, Michael Pierce. I know, But by the way, we are switching to a hybrid 3-4, which again could be very interesting moving forward into the draft, per se. So maybe you don't take uh, Blacklock, but possibly Matos is the guy you'd be taking to get, uh, maybe you want two pass-rushing defensive ends, or maybe you're looking more towards uh, two defensive tackles, and then have uh, Anthony Barr pass rush with your four uh, linebacker situation. So maybe we will be looking at linebacker in the draft after all. It wouldn't completely surprise me. That's how things go if it's a 3-4 situation. But he said hybrid 3-4, so we'll see what that means at the end of the day. Gerald Sring out of Nebraska says, LOL, I love Sebastian's comments. Can't wait to hear what the man Joey has to say. Things are never as bad or as good as they seem. It is kind of that way, and that's kind of how it is right now in the real world. They're never as bad or as good as it seems. Like, it's not all over, but I don't think it's as bad either. Honestly, I, I, I don't. Honestly. Uh, the Vikings did resign offensive tackle Rashad Hill. So very happy to have him at very least a depth guy who can fill in at any time at the tackle position. I thought he did a hell of a job. He's a very good pass blocker. He's more of a natural pass blocker than a run blocker. But that's kind of the game. That's kind of the name of the game when it comes to the tackle position. Especially the left tackle. I mean, you got to protect the quarterback more than anything if you're a left tackle. And when uh, Rashad Hill played left tackle off and on last year, he did a hell of a job. One-year extension, just one year, but uh, still nice to have him back on board. I believe it's for $4 million, if I remember correctly. I'm doing the clicky-clicky now, which isn't always the best thing. And they actually do not mention the terms, which sucks. But I believe it was for about $4 million a year. Vikings also signed wide receiver Sharp, Tajay Sharp, who got 25 passes for 399 yards, for the uh, Tennessee Titans last year, particularly when things got better, his value went up. Kurt back locally from White Bear Lake says, is he any good? And he's, yeah, he's okay. Uh, Jesse Henches says, anybody know how much they're paying him? And again, it's it's a one-year deal. They didn't actually, did, they, they just don't bring out the numbers, which is annoying, but it can't be that much, obviously. Uh, in terms of the deal, they don't really say. I thought I did see it in one place, but it's not much. I know it's not much, like a million a year or something. Um, 25, and of course, I'd take a million a year right now. Uh, had a heck of a, had a solid year, bits and pieces, but it's just one year. We'll see what happens. Maybe he doesn't make the team. I mean, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I think he could. He had a, he missed uh, 2017 with a foot injury. He's had some moments here and there. 
doesn't majorly stand out. So we'll see what happens. Uh, better numbers than uh, even Olabisi Johnson with 294 yards. Laquan Treadwell, 184. Who wound up with the Atlanta Falcons. Congratulations to him, I suppose. Chad Beebe with 70 yards. And Alexander Holland with uh, Hollins with 46 yards. So still better numbers than those guys. He'd be the number two receiver today, which is kind of funny. Him or Olabisi Johnson at the end of the day, which is funny when you think about that. But uh, that's Vikings are going to take somebody in the draft. That's like 100% chance. Uh, we're going to move forward here. The Vikings did resign running back uh, Amir Abdullah. Again, another one-year contract. We'll see what happens again. Obviously kind of a gimmick a guy who can return kicks and this and that. He's not that great, though. But he's he's decent. Uh, I think he's an okay running back. He's got some speed. As long as he can hang on to the ball, he's all right. He's a depth guy, third guy, third running back. So you're not going to see a whole lot of action from him unless absolutely necessary. Of course, with the freaking cook always getting hurt, it is what it is. But Amir Abdullah, he's valuable in the return game a little bit. Uh, I don't think you want to have Mike Hughes returning kicks because he's just, you know, he hasn't proven himself that he can stay healthy. Uh, Amir Abdullah seems pretty solid. Vegas also agreed to terms with uh, Dakota Dozier, so he's another depth guy on the uh, at the guard position. He can play both right and left guard. Of course, he was with Minnesota. He had some good moments, some bad moments, and of course, he moved on from Josh Klein. I do think the Vikings do take a guard somewhere, or of course, again, a tackle, moving Riley Reef into guard to make things more and more stable. And that Drew Samia is your right guard moving into the uh, into training camp, if, if there is a training camp. Uh, sick of this crap. Sick of it. So, Mark Carlson says, I hope I hope to see more of him, and not because Cook is hurt, and that would be Amir Abdullah. So, okay, we'll see what happens there. That's it for people replying to me. I'm going to dig real quick to see if there's any visitor posts where you just individually post something yourself. Looks like a pretty quiet fan interaction segment today, which is not too surprising because, well, everybody's busy worrying about other things, I guess, right now. But it is exciting to have some type of a distraction, I suppose. And it's popping up February 5th. Yeah, that's been a long time since anybody individually posted. It usually just replies to posts this and that. So <laughs> that's pretty much a wrap for now. Again, everybody just stay safe. Stay this. Don't panic. Don't. I'm not too happy about what's happening right now. It is what it is. I mean, you know, just don't overdo it. Don't, you know, don't have huge gatherings. Don't jump on top of each other, you know, that type of thing. I don't think it's, le- I don't think it should be illegal to go to a park. I don't think it should be illegal to go out bicycling. I don't think it should be illegal to, to, you know, pick up food at a restaurant, blah, 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 or the grocery store. If they close all of that, I think we're in a fascist dictatorship at that point. Uh, that's just my opinion, but that's up to you how you see it. I, I mean, I, I think it's, there's a certain point where it's like, okay, it's a little too much. Obviously, it's the states doing this, not the federal government. The federal government has their mandates, this and that, but obviously states have, have what they have as well, like shut down this, shut down that, don't shut down this, don't shut down that. I get not going to the beach in Florida. That's a little crazy. Guys came back with coronavirus, guys and gals came back with coronavirus on their spring break, which was kind of dumb. There's common sense things, and then there's, you know, a little overdoing it. There's obviously overdoing it back and forth either way. I don't want to get into this too much. I really don't. Um, I'm glad it's kind of semi-getting nicer out, except today ended up being kind of a foggy doggy type of day, if you know what I mean. Ugh, gives you a headache sometimes, unless you actually like it dark and overcast and all that. But it's been a foggy doggy type of day, unfortunately. But that's how it goes sometimes. I hope all of you continue to stay safe. I hope you, uh, again... The whole wash your hands thing, yeah, I mean, if you don't think I take it seriously to a point, you should see my hands. I look like an old woman. My hands look like an old woman, and nothing against old women, but it looks like an old woman, or a really old man. Pretty wrinkled, pretty dry, pretty pasty. Yeah, I wash my hands a lot, maybe a little too much, or I didn't rinse them enough. That's probably part of it, and I haven't been putting enough lotion on either. Uh, Sebastian also, yeah, he is blown away. He's basically saying COVID-19 retardation. My God, there is creative. And then there's stupid. And that's what we have here. Yeah, the guy looks like, uh, he looks like, he looks like Michael Myers. This this uh, photograph in the grocery store. It looks like Michael Myers. In fact, I think it is. Yeah, you think it's pretty, yeah, that is what he's trying to be, basically. Kind of that boiler suit look with the, the hockey mask. Yeah, it's Michael Myers. <laughs> Michael Myers of Halloween, for those of you that may or may not know who that is. I'm sure most of you know who Michael Myers is by now. Uh, Apologize if you don't like me using the R word, but it just came out, I guess. People are going way over the top, and it's pretty crazy. I don't like anybody who goes over the top about anything. I hate it. I just, I hate it. 
Uh, so that's just my opinion there, I guess. Uh, I don't like going over the top. I don't. I, I, I just don't. Um, yeah, that's just my opinion. I already talked about it a bit on the last show, too, kind of rolling my eyes at certain people at work. I'm glad I don't have to see them for a little while. That's a good thing. It's like it's like a you know two-week vacation from them is like two weeks of heaven just to get away from them, even though I can't go to any beach. I can't go to anywhere. I can't do anything much. But uh, I can go for a walk. I can get on my... my fairly new bike finally which is nice that's the good part i'm not riding in slush and snow i'm riding in uh, halfway decent dryness on the roads which is great so roads and paths or whatever the heck you call those feels good feels good so i guess uh, i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to be uh fit rather than fat during this time off because i've been a little too fat enough as it is it's time to be a little more fit that type of thing those of you that, uh, well, you know, hopefully nobody's offended by what I just said. I don't think you should be. It's just uh, try your best to stay active if you can. You got Purple Mafia to listen to. You got Brave the Wild to listen to. Tim Rolls Explosion, maybe local shows, this and that. That's what's good. Podcasts can help pass the time while you're out uh, jogging or walking or bike riding. I hate jogging. I think it hurts my uh, it, it hurts my ankles. It's just not for me. I'm not a jogger. I'm either walking or bicycling. At the end of the day, bicycling is good stuff as long as there aren't too many hills, but unfortunately there's a reason why they call this Golden Valley. Do you know why? you know why? You can't have a valley without hills, right? Just like you can't have hills without valleys, you can't have valleys without hills either. So unfortunately, it's a little hilly here in Golden Valley, so at times, uh, <laughs> at times it gets a little tiring. I mean, heck, the neighborhood I grew up in was called Tyrol Hills. Tyrol Hills. So mowing lawns and doing cleanups on hills gets a little tiring on my ankles too over the years along with playing basketball and hurting myself on occasion and years ago and not sitting out for a second because I just don't want to and stuff. Uh, yeah, because I'm crazy. And then having to do lawn cleanups like the next day back when I was a teenager didn't do a whole lot of good for my ankles either. Uh, life is funny, isn't it? Life is funny. So there's my little hello and goodbye type of little conversation, my long Minnesota goodbye as people call it. Again, hope all of you stay safe. I, I'm just praying for the best for all of you. Uh, again, don't overdo it either way, this and that. I'm trying my, my best not to either. I uh, can't wait to talk about the NFL draft. Can't wait to talk about the NFL draft in, in hindsight, as in we get to talk about who he took. Get to sit and do some research on those guys, the exact guys we're going to have, and see how they fit with the team. I'm really looking forward to that show. Can't wait, and hope all of you have a blessed, uh, blessed and happy next couple of weeks. Happy Easter. Happy Good Friday. Palm Sunday just passed and hopefully <laughs> hopefully some of these prophecies, the good ones, will say take place. I'll just leave that as is about uh, things improving with this COVID-19 thing. But, uh, with that said, I'm just throwing that out there for those of you. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there as kind of like a, almost speaking in code for those of you that care to Google that. With that said, everybody take care and we will talk to you in a couple weeks in Skull Vikings. Let's get this draft correct.